Well, actually, they're not coming for him. He is going to them. Uh, we're just an hour and 10 or 15 minutes away, we are told, from Donald Trump going to them and turning himself in to the Manhattan DA. There were so many people who years ago uh, predicted that this day would eventually come, that Donald Trump was so reckless that he'd eventually find himself, no matter his status as president or former president, in trouble literally with the law. And that day has arrived. In this hour, we'll talk politics with Chris Lehman, Washington, D.C. Bureau Chief of The Nation magazine. There are so many trending topics to talk about today. So much on my docket I want to get to because today is Election Day. Uh, there's a critical mayor's race in Chicago. I was on Chicago radio this morning for an hour being interviewed about my book, Death of a King, given that today is the 55th anniversary of King's assassination. We'll talk about that for the entire hour with Michael Eric Dyson uh, in our final hour today. But I was on the radio uh, on uh, my favorite black-owned talk station there, WVON. I love VON, the voice of the Negro in Chicago. I was on there for an hour earlier this morning talking about the, the King uh, anniversary commemoration. And we talked a bit about the mayor's race there in Chicago. Uh, you've heard uh, Brandon Johnson as a guest on our program, one of the two finalists in that race. So there's a, it's Election Day, April 4 in Chicago. Uh, there's a major race in Wisconsin, a major race for a Supreme Court seat. Uh, if you've not been tracking this, um, the impact of what's happening in this Supreme Court race in Wisconsin, people believe will have um, have legs and have a huge impact on our politics writ large across the nation. It's a seat in Wisconsin, but there are all kinds of folk watching this for the implications that come off of this particular race for the entire nation. You, you'll you'll uh, want to stick around to hear Chris unpack that, why this Wisconsin race is so important for one seat on the Supreme Court, but why it's being uh, watched so closely around the nation. So it's Election Day, uh, and those are just two key races we want to get to, uh, and a few other things that we perhaps will tackle in this hour, but I suspect most of it will be spent uh, talking about um, today's events in Manhattan, where, again, uh, uh, the first former president to have been twice impeached and the first to be criminally charged is turning himself in to Manhattan authorities in a matter of minutes. Uh, to face in, uh, face arrangement. So let me let me first welcome Chris in, and then I'll tell you exactly what Donald Trump's movements are going to be in about an hour from now. Chris, first of all, good to have you back, my friend. How are you, sir? I'm I'm doing well, Tavis. I was just thinking it's always a good omen when I'm on your show because you may recall I first came on the eve of uh, the midterms, and I was very downbeat about prospects there. It turned out differently, but they're not all the way differently. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, Last time we talked uh, about Kemi Willis's case against Trump in Georgia, yes. and I was again sort of saying, you know, guy's been impeached twice, he's gated more or less, and here we are on arraignment day. So yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm proud to say that I'm I'm wrong on the Tavis Smiley show, and it's it's for the good of the country. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, <I'm laughs> that's that 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 is so funny, so cool. Well, the Tavis Smiley show is honored to have you back on. I, I appreciate tapping into your into your insights into your expertise, and uh, right. I, I look forward to this this hour. Again, a lot to talk about. So let, let me just share, Chris, with the audience um, uh, what's about to happen in an hour from now. We're told about 2.15 uh, East Coast time um, is uh, when this will all go down, and here's what's going to happen. Um, I'm looking literally at a map that's been provided to me of his movement. <laughs> so uh, the, Secret Service, the Secret Service is scheduled to accompany Donald Trump to the DA's office 
which is in the same building in Manhattan as the courthouse. So he's being escorted by his security detail, every every former president uh, until they die, uh, retains uh, a scaled down Secret Service uh, protection detail. Uh, and so his detail will escort him to the DA's office in the same building as the courthouse in Manhattan in about an hour or to be there in about an hour. Uh, that's right. the DA's office. Secondly, the processing. Trump will be booked by the investigators, which includes taking his fingerprints. Ordinarily, a mugshot would be taken. Uh, sources familiar with the preparations were uncertain as to whether or not there would actually be a mugshot of the former president. Uh, we shall see. We'll come back to that with Chris in a moment uh, about that mugshot. There's some politics on that that I want to unpack about the mugshot <laughs> in just a second. Uh, after that, uh, he, uh, after being processed, uh, President Trump will be taken through a back set of hallways and elevators to the floor where the courtroom is actually located. He'll then come out to another public hallway to walk into the courtroom. Uh, he is not expected to be handcuffed. So we'll talk about that. No mugshot, no handcuffs. Making notes to myself here. No mugshot. No handcuff. You keep it up with me. Uh, Chris, you keeping up? You keeping up? You keeping up? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. So far, so good. So far, so good. So we'll come back to that. No mugshot, no handcuff. Then uh, Trump uh, will, of course, head. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, he uh, uh, expected not to be handcuffed. Then the arraignment. So we've done the DA's office, the processing, the courtroom, now to the arraignment. Trump is expected to be brought to the courtroom where the indictment will be unsealed. He'll be formally, uh, uh, he, he will formally uh, face the charges. After he's arraigned, he will almost certainly be released on his own recognizance. It is possible, though, perhaps unlikely that conditions could be set on his travel. Chris, keeping up with me. Here's the next thing we're going to unpack yeah. here. Uh, he will be released on his own recognizance. Not Letitia, not Jamal, but Trump is going to be released on his own recognizance. We're going to come to that in a second. And conditions may be set on his travel. Maybe. Not certain of that. Uh, Mark Rudy Thomas here in L.A. They took his passport before he went to trial, <laughs> so he couldn't escape the country. But Donald Trump could have conditions set on his travel. We'll come back to that with Chris Lehman. After the arraignment, he leaves the courthouse. Once the court hearing is over, Trump expected to walk again through a public hallway uh, into the back corridors of the DA's office, back to where his motorcade will be waiting. And then he will head immediately, we are told, to the airport, not back to Trump Tower where he stayed last night, but immediately to the head uh, to the airport uh, to hop on his private plane and head back to Mar-a-Lago, where he is scheduled to speak publicly this evening. Circle that tonight. An address uh, for those who will be watching it from former President Donald Trump. So those are the movements that will be happening in the next 60 minutes or so. When we come forward, speaking of movements, uh, Chris Lehman and I from the nation are going to move to unpack all this. I want to talk about the mugshot or the lack thereof, the handcuffs or the lack thereof, being released on his own recognizance, maybe setting some parameters around his travel, and then, of course, the speech that he will give tonight after all of this is said and done. It's going to be quite the day uh, in America. Just getting started in conversation with Chris Lehman on this historic election day in the U.S. of A. on KBLA Talk 15A. Interrogating your assumptions and expanding your inventory of ideas. Let's get back to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Chris Lehman is our guest of the Nation Magazine, Washington, D.C. Bureau Chief. I have my television on in the studio. 
Chris, and the motorcade is moving. I'm watching it uh, live on uh, television right now. Uh, we are talking in this hour about the arrest and arraignment of Donald Trump happening momentarily. There are three, six, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, five uh, cars in his motorcade moving down. Uh, um, uh, looks like, uh, what is that, the uh, the FDR? Um, they're moving through. Uh, yeah, probably. If yeah, I, I think on the FDR right now, it looks like it. Uh, anyway, they're on the FDR making their way uh, uh, into Manhattan or through Manhattan. Uh, on the way to the courthouse, uh, again, for the arrest and the arraignment. Uh, this historic day, uh, you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Tavis Smiley. Our guest again, Chris Lehman, who is the, again, Washington, D.C. Bureau Chief for The Nation magazine. So, Chris, let's jump in. Broad question. We'll unpack this other stuff uh, in a moment uh, that I laid out. Uh, but just, just your thoughts overall on this moment. Uh, Donald Trump has finally gotten himself deep, deep, deep in this, uh, in this mess. Well, I, I think the important thing to circle right now is that there are other messes ahead that are almost certainly going to be deeper. Um, you know, there's been a lot of chatter already among sort of mainstream pundits and commentators how, you know, the the underlying case here involves uh, a pre-election payoff uh, to Stormy Daniels, who allegedly had an affair with Trump uh, shortly after, or I think while uh, Melania Trump was pregnant with Barron Trump, um, and the Trump campaign paid her $130,000 uh, to keep quiet. Um, and Michael Cohen, the since jailed um, fixer, arranged all this and was reimbursed for, I think, $420,000 <laughs> uh, for his services. So that tells you right off the top there are going to be some, you know, funny financial papers. And there was a an earlier uh, Manhattan DA case against um, Trump, the Trump Enterprises uh, that uh, resulted in a conviction in December for Alan Weisselberger, the sort of chief financial officer of, of uh, the Trump company. Um, so I think, you know, the Manhattan DA obviously feels they're on a pretty firm foundation for these 34 counts. It's also... Um, they interviewed um, David Pecker. I'm not making that name up. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, former head of the National Enquirer about a separate payoff, allegedly, to uh, a former uh, Playboy model named Susan McDougal. Um, so, you know, I'm, we'll see when the indictment gets unsealed, but um, it does seem like there's going to be a, a pretty significant paper trail here. But the other messes, I think, are more important. There's uh, the Femi Willis case in Fulton County, Georgia, where, you know, Trump is literally on tape um, right. conspiring to commit election fraud. Um, and in, we're not sure when a uh, formal indictment from the DA's office will come, but it, it will probably come sometime soon. And then there are the two investigations at the federal level uh, by such prosecutor Jack Smith, um, investigating Trump's handling of uh, presidential documents. And there have been some recent developments in that case, as well as his role in fomenting the January 6th um, insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. So um, I think as we you know, are glued to the kind of spectacle and theatrics of Trump turning himself in before the Manhattan DA, it is worth noting that um, this is not the weightiest case uh, he's facing. And the other cases are moving forward. Yeah. Um, so 
so this this is just kind of the opening chapter of this whole drama. Yeah, I, I take your point that it's going to get uh, messier and, and worse for him as these other cases perhaps unfold and lead to other indictments. Uh, we got the full hour, so we'll get to as much of this as we can in this hour. Uh, let me stay with this with this present case. Um, to your to use your word, sure. I love it. It's not the weightiest case. Uh, every expert is saying, you know, this is not necessarily a slam dunk. Um, but beyond beyond the legality of it, uh, what occurred to me last night in conversation with some friends is that, you know, if you want to really, you know, how can I put this? Um, this case is really about sex or paying somebody to yep. not talk about their sexual uh, engagement, involvement with you. So it's about sex versus the other cases that you just mentioned that are really about democracy. And America has shown time and time again that we don't really care so much about the sex stuff. I mean, Bill Clinton is Exhibit A, right? We don't really care so much about the sex stuff. Um, yeah. The democracy stuff is what, what what can get you some trouble. And so I'm wondering, to your point about uh, you know about the spectacle, I'm watching it now live on television. We're live on the radio. By the way, if you're watching us on our live stream or on our app, you can see me and uh, the motorcade moving all at the same time on our on our app or on our live stream. We're covering all of it on all of our platforms right now. Um, but... Um, while we're covering this thing about sex, it's democracy that we seem more concerned about. So I wonder, again, to your point, um, uh, Chris, if we're making too much of the spectacle, if I'm making too much of the spectacle right now that we're watching live on television. Well, you know, it is obvious. It is historic. You know, no former president has faced a criminal proceeding before. So, I mean, I do think cable TV got a little carried away. I think they had you know, each of the major cable channels had footage of Trump's plane in the air, which is, you know, more like a Richard Scarry book than mm-hmm. journalism, I mm-hmm. think. But, uh, but um, it is it is significant. And I do think, um, you know, this is sort of gaining things out a bit. Um, and I don't I'm, I don't mean to suggest in any way that things were planned this way. But I do think the fact that um, the first case is let's just yeah keep saying the least weighty of them right um we're seeing all of this kind of you know marjorie taylor green is has tried and evidently failed to lead a mass demonstration outside the manhattan courthouse trump is going crazy on his true social account as you said he'll be delivering a speech um um from mar-a-lago tonight and so we'll have all of you know the the familiar by now kind of fireworks display of Trump outrage and Trump victimization and, and, you know, talk about the, you know, Department of Injustice and the corrupt media, all of that, expended on this case. Um, So I can't help but think when Femi Willis, you know, delivers a very serious set of charges against him in Fulton County, or when Jack Smith, um, you know, moves forward with these two other prosecutions, um, the Trump base maybe may feel a little exhausted um, and a little, you know, like we have to, we have to go through all this again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think in political terms, it may not be such a bad thing that we're leading with this, right. you know, it's a, it's a routine kind of corruption. John Edwards faced similar um, counts in sure. a federal case for making payments to his mistress. You mentioned Bill Clinton, you know, he did actually, um, have a severe fine levied on him that he then had to fundraise to pay. And there were constant, you know, people are forgetting about that right. <laughs> at this moment. 
But, you know, you had a sitting president who, uh, Judge said, had to, you know, give a deposition in a civil lawsuit and then was found guilty of, you know, essentially perjury. And, yeah. and I think was briefly disbarred uh, from practicing the law. So, you know, for all of the, you know, fear you're hearing on the right about, you know, this is the worst, um, you know, case of legal oppression against a, a sitting president. No. Yeah, <laughs> it yep. just is not. Yeah, um, and worse things are to come for Trump. So, um, so. I, I can I can tell you now, uh, if you're listening uh, in your car, wherever you may be, that Donald Trump has in fact arrived at the criminal courts building. Uh, the motorcade is stopped. Uh, they are getting out of cars, but he is um, at the criminal courts building and uh, making his way inside uh, for this arrest and arraignment. Um, the streets are pretty empty. Uh, hard to, uh, it, it, I've never seen a streets this empty in Manhattan, uh, but, uh, the streets, <laughs> the streets, the streets are, have been cleared out. Uh, and, uh, he again has arrived at the criminal courts building, uh, making his way inside again for the historic, uh, arrest and arraignment. Uh, that's what's happening in New York city, uh, at the moment. So you mentioned earlier, Marjorie Taylor Greene here, um, and you're right. She tried to hold a protest with Trump supporters in New York today. That's what it got shut down. Didn't quite happen. But but here's what Lindsey Graham had to say uh, on uh, Sean Hannity's radio program. Speaking of radio, uh, Lindsey Graham said that he believes the grand jury's indictment almost ensures that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee in 2024. It's Lindsey Graham saying that he believes that this indictment almost ensures that Trump will be the Republican nominee in 2024. Um, Asa Hutchinson, as you know, got in a race the other day, uh, said he was getting in uh, uh, on the Republican side, former governor of Arkansas, and he called for Trump immediately to get out of the race. Nobody else is doing that but Asa uh, Hutchinson at the moment. But what do you how, how do you process Lindsey Graham's comments that he thinks this indictment ensures that he will, in fact, get the nomination now? Well, I'm, I'm sorry to report his comments kind of reflect polling right now on the, you know, the Republican race has yet to really start in earnest. Ron DeSantis, uh, Trump's chief rival, hasn't formally announced. Um, there's going to be a lot that happens between now and, and uh, you know, the end of the GOP primary season. But having said all that, um, you know, prior to the announcement of the indictment, I think Trump was ahead uh, something like nine points ahead of DeSantis in the polls. Um, and now that lead is more than 30%. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's kind of not hard to see why, if you've been following politics over the last seven years, Trump is kind of made for this part. He loves being the center of attention. He loves playing the victim of a, you know, deep state conspiracy. He loves, um, you know, riling up uh, the Republican base who have embraced him as this quasi-messianic figure for the white nationalist project. Um, so we're seeing all of those trends kind of crest right now at this this moment. Um, again, the, the big asterisk here is, you know, the, the race hasn't really begun in earnest. When Trump is on his third or fourth indictment, it gets harder to just kind of say, the deep state has it in for me, you know, when it's, different jurisdictions and different prosecutors indicting you for different crimes. Mm-hmm. It, it can't all be, um, you know, George Soros's manipulation of the legal system. So, 
again, we'll see. This is why we have, you know, primaries and elections. Um, it could well be that Trump's hold on the GOP base is so strong that he will again be the nominee. But I don't think any of these trends will play well in um, the 2024 general election, where you're talking about, you know, I don't know who are independent voters at this point, but, you know, independent voters probably aren't going to think that a guy who's been indicted and charged with a series of crimes is an attractive candidate. Um, So we'll see Speaking of independence, uh, and let me just say this right quick, we're going to hold, uh, we're going to uh, not do uh, news and traffic and sports for the moment, uh, given that we are in uh, this moment of breaking news uh, with the former president uh, about to be arraigned in the criminal court uh, building uh, in Manhattan. So we'll stay with this conversation right now. Uh, and uh, I-, I can assure you, if I did uh, break for news right now, I can tell you the news is going to be right, which is what we're talking about right now. So we'll stay here uh, at the moment uh, and not interrupt uh, this conversation uh, as uh, the former president is making his way inside this building uh, to be uh, to be arrested and to be arraigned. You mentioned independent voters. Uh, by the way, our guest is Chris Lehman, the Washington, D.C. Bureau Chief of the Nation magazine. Uh, and again, we'll stay with this conversation uh, um, moving forward here. You mentioned independence a moment ago, um, Chris, and back to Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham says, and I'm quoting here, I think it almost ensures that Trump will be the nominee. And I think independents are going to see this for what it is. It's just a liberal prosecutor out of control. So that's how Lindsey Graham sees the way independents are going to view this. Uh, You think he's right or wrong about that? I think he's dead wrong. Uh (laughs) I think, you know. Let's not forget Lindsey Graham himself ran for president in 2016 and was briefly a big anti-Trump guy and came away less than 5% of the vote. So I'm I'm just saying he's not the go-to person for long-term political prognostication. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, again, um, the dynamic of right now, the Republican Party is a personality cult. Um, and Donald Trump is that personality. Um, he lost in 2020, even though, you know, he claims he didn't, and his, he persuaded a significant part of his base that he didn't, um, and that he was not indicted for a crime at that point. Um, and, um, you know, what he's running on now is an unalloyed platform of just personalized grievance. Mm-hmm. Everything is about Donald Trump, and it's a he's fighting a system that is attacking Donald Trump. It's even um, different, I think, than 2016. You know, Trump has always been a narcissist and a megalomaniac, but in 2016, he was managed in such a way that he could appear in primary contests to be speaking for mm-hmm. the forgotten American i.e. white manufacturing worker, uh, non-college educated, you know, people in the Rust Belt, the Misery Belt, what have you, all that talk is gone. In fact, you know, he's running under conditions of near full employment. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's really not a path forward to be the Donald Trump of 2016. And the Donald Trump of 2024 is, you know, if you look at his true social account last night, it's it's demented. 
I mean, mm. it is beyond anything we've seen before. Mm. Um, we, so I don't think that is is going to appeal to independent voters. We are, we are told right now uh, that he is officially under arrest. Uh, Donald Trump right now uh. is under arrest uh, and he is awaiting arraignment. Uh, in case you've just tuned in, I mentioned earlier uh, the flow of how this day is working for him. Uh, he has arrived, um, <clears throat> arrived some some moments ago, minutes ago, uh, at the criminal courts building in Manhattan. The court and the DA's office are in the same building. He immediately went to the DA's office uh, to be arrested, uh, to be fingerprinted. Uh, we'll talk about that a bit more in a moment. Uh, and after the fingerprinting process, um, uh, uh, to the courtroom uh, uh, on a, on a different floor in the same building uh, to be arraigned. So we are told right now that he is officially under arrest and he's now uh, inside the building awaiting arraignment on this historic day that sees the first president first former president ever to be twice indicted uh and uh uh twice uh, impeached i should say twice impeached now indicted uh now arrested uh and soon to be arraigned the list goes on impeached indicted uh, arrested and momentarily he will be arraigned uh, and so that's where we are right now as we watch live and talk live with our guest, Chris Lehman, Washington, D.C. Brill Chief of the Nation magazine about this historic day uh, regarding uh, our democracy. Um, what, what, do you, what do you make of that of that that uh, point, Chris? What what does this uh, let me just ask a broad question. What does this moment say? We hear all the time that no one is above the law, that we are, 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 right. we, are we are a nation of laws. We hear that we hear that conjecture all the time. But here in real time, in real time, we are watching something historic. A former U.S. president who is indicted, arrested, and about to be arraigned. To your mind, what does that say about our democracy or, as I put it, our experiment in democracy? Yes, I, I am with you on that qualification, certainly. Um, and I think, it, you know, again, um, the underlying charges here aren't, um, you know, that the most dire thing confronting Trump at this moment. But it is an important moment to see a president held accountable. We do not see that a great deal in our system of government. Um, part of the reason for that, I think, has been the uh, unfortunate legacy of Gerald Ford's pardon of Richard Nixon mm -hmm. um, that basically normalized a perception within you know, the, the centers of power in our country that the president can operate in a, a kind of zone beyond and in some ways above the law. Um, and we saw, you know, before Trump, we saw the dire fallout from that assumption in the W administration, where you had the Office of Legal Counsel drafting memos to justify torture as a legitimate exercise of executive power. We've seen all kinds of abuses, um, again, under W, having to do with manipulation of the Justice Department. This was all sort of, you know, the, the Trump phenomenon in um, incubative stage, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then Trump comes in who has, you know, he has no kind of, you know, reverence for American political tradition or separation of powers or any of it and just smashes everything um and doesn't still does not suffer serious consequences he is impeached twice but he is not convicted in the senate um mm. it's important to you know speaking of gerald ford to wind the clock back a little bit 
Richard Nixon was facing impeachment at the moment he resigned, and he was assured by Republicans that he would be convicted in the Senate. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of ambiguity in in what happened in the semi-private conversations to get him to resign. But basically, the broad deal was if you resign, you know, your legacy as president will not be sullied by you. You won't be criminally tried. And then Ford's pardon um, made that official. Um, But that was all kind of in, you know, it's important to recognize that up until that point, the system had been working like a president was found in violation of the law and was going to suffer the consequences. And then the executive decision was made that it would somehow harm the country. I don't, I don't think that's true. I think the country would have been fine uh, had Richard Nixon, you know, (laughs) ridden his own motorcade to a DA's office and, and um, was tried for his crimes. But um, so, yeah, we are living kind of in the long shadow of that, decision. And I, I do think what Trump has done, he's pushed the, the system to its outer limit of yeah. executive power impunity. And he is now experiencing some blowback. Yeah. And I think that's great. <laughs> so so what what's what's happening inside the uh, criminal court splitting in, in Manhattan is happening. That is to say, he is now under arrest. He is awaiting, we are told at the moment, uh, uh, arraignment. Um, so that's that's what's happening inside the building in Manhattan. Let me talk now uh, about pure politics. Um, and there are three things I want to uh, take your temperature on. Number one, we quoted Lindsey Graham earlier saying he is confident that this grand jury's indictment almost ensures that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee in 2024. To your point, that statement, uh, although uh, as outrageous as it sounds, that statement does, to your point, track with the poll numbers right now. Donald Trump is leading, he's expanding, he's pulling away from Ron DeSantis. So Lindsey Graham, who knows, may be right about that. But do you think in the coming days, after we witness what we witnessed today, that there will be others beyond Asa Hutchinson, uh, maybe those who aren't running for office, but those who care about their party, who will start to call for Donald Trump to get out of the race? You expect that or you do not? I do not, um, for the simple reason that, you know, the Republican Party, as I said earlier, is a cult of personality um, and has purged most of the principal critics of of Trump. You know, Lynn Cheney is no longer in Congress. Adam Kinzinger is no longer in Congress. And it's not hard to do the math and figure out why. They were on the January 6th committee. They demanded accountability. And the Republican Party said no. Um, So I I do think... um, There is, you know, there is this kind of mob-like mentality, um, I mean, in the sense of the mafia (laughs) Um, in in the Republican Party right now, where you do not say anything, and Trump is quick to leap anytime, even, you know, when DeSantis was trying to kowtow to him and to say, look, I'm not going to honor an extradition not that that happened, um, of Trump from Florida to New York, um, Trump was still jumping on DeSantis for not being sufficiently loyal. Um, So that's the dynamic in the GOP. And, and, you know, the Republican Party, what I often say is the Republican Party is afraid of its base and the Democratic Party doesn't like its base. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are very different dynamics Mm -hmm. as a result of those postures. Right now... You're seeing a Republican Party that is gripped by fear. That's a, that's a powerful frame. 
It's a powerful frame. The, the, the Republican Party is afraid of its base, and the Democratic Party uh, doesn't like its base. It's a, it's right. a powerful frame. Uh, from Chris Lehman of The Nation magazine, who's our guest in this hour, as we talk on this historic day where Donald Trump is uh, uh, both arrested and arraigned inside a Manhattan criminal courthouse. Uh, we are watching live, talking live, trying to make sense of it all to the extent we can. Again, uh, talking politics now with Chris Lehman. So, Chris, um, you mentioned earlier that uh, this this messy this messy situation that Trump is in right now is going to get messier because you've got Jack Smith, who is the special prosecutor at the Department of Justice about the January 6th drama. You've got Fannie Willis, Fulton County D.A. Uh, in Atlanta uh, about his uh his tampering with the election results in Georgia. Uh, back to New York, uh, Alvin Bragg is the DA in Manhattan. Uh, you've got Letitia James, the Attorney General of the state, who has her own investigation into Donald Trump. So there are at least three other three other uh, indictments that could be forthcoming for Donald and, Trump. And there's also the there's also the Jack Smith. Uh, inquiry into the documents. Case. That's right. That's right. That's right. Documents um, so, in Mar-a-Lago. Exactly. So, so there, there, are right. least, there are at least four other indictments that, that, that could come Donald Trump's way. I said earlier in this conversation, in case you just tuned in, that this one, and Chris and I agree, this is the least weighty uh, of, of these uh, potential indictments. Uh, and moreover, we're talking here basically about sex, silencing some, some uh, trying to get someone to stay quiet about a sexual relationship. We're talking about sex, Americans don't really have an appetite for that. Bill Clinton, uh, again, is Exhibit A in that we care about other issues, but you know, consensual sex—if it—it just doesn't seem to rate the same way other things do. Now, these other cases about democracy, um, I think, uh, will resonate with the American people. I'm just recapping what Chris and I've talked about to get to this point, which is this: now that somebody has gone first, now that Alvin Bragg came out first, we could spend hours talking about how this day almost didn't happen. As you well know, there were right. DAs there were DAs in Alvin Bragg's office who quit. They resigned because they thought yep. he'd gotten cold feet about this. And for whatever reason, Alvin Bragg sort of did a 180. And this day that many thought would never happen under Alvin Bragg's watch, the first black to be the DA in Manhattan, has actually happened. But now that somebody has gone first, I don't know that they need to be emboldened, but what do you think the likelihood is now that these things will start to come like dominoes, these indictments, that is? Yeah, I mean, they all sort of run. The legal system um, is operates at its own um, pace and often, you know, in defiance of political expectations. So it's, it's hard to handicap precisely. But as you know, uh, the Fulton County pa- uh, case had a grand jury recommendation already. Um, so... Right now, uh, the DA there, uh, I mean, Willis, is just weighing um, which counts to proceed on. Um, so that seems um, on track. And the Jack Willis, or I'm sorry, the Jack Smith um, inquiry into the documents case has gained a lot of recent momentum. Right. Uh, he got uh, Trump's lawyer to testify, to give testimony um, or under the fraud exception to the uh, lawyer client privilege, and there, there have been leaks um, indicating that after the initial subpoena, Trump went in and continued to meddle with these documents that are the property of the American people, and um, so that is a pretty, you know, damning set of right. conditions. Yeah. Um, so, and that's all to say nothing of January 6th, which was an yeah. attempted coup d'etat. We should never forget that this, you know, 
one thing that frustrates me is you read a lot of commentary now of like, oh, woe is us. We're going to become like a uh, banana republic where the justice system will just go after whoever happened to be uh, president. And I'm, I will tend to shout in an animated way, like, yeah. no, we became a banana republic on January 6th when mm-hmm. the sitting president tried to enact a, coup, a violent coup d'etat coup d'etat and reverse the results of a free and fair election. Yep. Uh, uh, let's, yeah. That, 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 <laughs> that, that's, no, not at all. That sitting president is now a former president uh, who has now been twice impeached, indicted, is presently under arrest uh, in the criminal courts building in Manhattan and awaiting arraignment. We'll continue our conversation with uh, Chris Lehman, Washington, D.C. Bureau Chief of the Nation magazine when we come forward on this historic day on KBLA Talk 15. Forward. Let's unpack a little bit more with Tavis Smiley. The conversation continues right now. Right now. Right now. I'm Tavis Smiley. He is Chris Lehman, the Washington, D.C. Brill Chief for The Nation Magazine. We continue our conversation in this hour. Uh, I figured it'd be all Trump this hour, uh, primarily because the timing worked out uh, that uh, when Chris hit the airways, uh, Donald Trump was uh, in his motorcade, essentially on his way to the criminal courts building in Manhattan. So we are now told that he has been uh, placed under arrest uh, in the DA's office where he went first in the same building as the courthouse. He's now left the DA's office. He's now inside the court. Uh, he is being processed, we are told, inside the courtroom, uh, still awaiting um, official arraignment, but he has been arrested uh, in the DA's office once again, now in the courtroom where he's being processed, we are being told, uh, and um, the final piece will be the arraignment. <clears throat> then he will leave get back in his motorcade, head to the airport directly, we are told, to fly back to Mar-a-Lago, where he will give a speech tonight. We'll talk about that with Chris Lehman in uh, in just a second here. Um, again, we're talking just about the politics of this. So um, speaking of that speech tonight at Mar-a-Lago, uh, <laughs> what do you <laughs> expect, Chris? I'm, I'm afraid to ask this question, but when he, finally lands, <laughs> yeah, right. when he finally lands and gets on television tonight, what do you expect to hear tonight? Well, I think we saw a preview of it at his Waco rally, uh, where he went off uh, talking about the so-called Department of Injustice and how he's perfectly innocent and how, uh, you know, in any event, he wouldn't be attracted to Stormy Daniels. This is all stuff he he has literally been saying for seven years, right? Um, So I think... You know, he will, again, put himself forward as this messianic victim. Um, he, And I think, you know, it's important to understand, too, the way the Trump campaign has been very deliberately embracing an evangelical motif. Um, he's been talking about QAnon pet themes for a while. Um, there's a tour called Reawaken America that... Uh, Michael Flynn and Charlie Kirk have been doing across the country that actually performs baptisms and it's full of Trump rhetoric. There is this disturbing trend taking shape in the Trump campaign where religion and politics are building over into one another. And I'm sure, you know, there are already evangelicals making a lot of the fact that this is Easter week. Marjorie Taylor Greene actually tweeted something about how, you know, many famous people, including Jesus, have been arrested. So mm. there is there is um, a deep sort of religious 
longing in Trump's space that he is eager to fill. So you saw that with all of his talk of like, I am your retribution, right? Um, so I think you'll, you'll see that um, be an organizing theme um, in Trump's remarks tonight. Mm. Do you think, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not naive in asking this because he uh, has already raised some money. How much money do you think Trump's campaign is going to raise <laughs> off of this, off, off of today and off this speech? Uh, well, I think so far it's the figure I saw was five million mm-hmm. um, off of uh, just the news of the um, arraignment, and I think yeah, it's it's they're not going to stop. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, and I think you know a lot of I I'm of the view that from the word go, Trump ran for president in 2016 to um, grift <laughs> to mm-hmm. make money. That is his principal motivation in everything he does. So, yeah, I'm sure um, I know I've seen copies of uh, the the fundraising appeals where he says, I've been arrested today. I need your help. Yep. Uh, There will be a lot more where that came from. Yeah. Speaking of which, he uh, he posted uh, you mentioned earlier his, his post last night. He posted this morning on Truth Social while he was en route to the Manhattan DA's office. You got to give Donald Trump one thing. He knows he knows how to craft a narrative. He knows how to work this social oh, media. Yeah. He knows how to work this social media thing. Here you have a former president twice impeached, indicted, about to be arrested and arraigned, and he's posting on True Social from his motorcade and I quote, yep. "Heading to Lower Manhattan, the courthouse seems so surreal." Wow. They are going to arrest me. He puts arrest me in all caps. They are going to arrest me. Can't believe this is happening in America. MAGA, which he puts in caps. Again, heading to lower Manhattan. The courthouse seems so surreal. Wow. They are going to arrest me. Can't believe this is happening in America. MAGA. And yet, Chris Lehman, it is happening in America. Yes, it is. Um, and as I've, I said earlier, um, it's just the beginning. Um, and I think that is, you know, for all the pound and fury you're hearing from Trump right now, I do think he is realizing that at long last, you know, con- he is facing consequences for his actions. Um, and that once that Rubicon has been crossed, he can't he no longer controls the narrative. The mm. other thing to note, obviously, he's, been, he's spent much of his career in court trying to mount vexatious lawsuits against his critics, against journalists. Um, criminal court is a very different thing. Um, he, can, he can be jailed for being in contempt of court, and being in contempt is Donald Trump's natural setting. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. I'm not what? predicting anything, but it's a different set of consequences he's now facing, and I, I'm not sure he completely has registered that. Yep. Um, we'll see. Yeah, what do you make? I'm watching my time here uh, as this, uh, this saga continues to unfold inside the uh, courthouse. He's under arrest. He's in court being processed, uh, awaiting uh, arraignment. But I mentioned earlier, um, Chris, that um, uh, unless there's something different being reported, uh, fingerprinted, yes, mugshot, no, handcuffs no released uh, likely on his own recognizance uh, they may or may not set uh, 
uh, parameters on his travel. But even in a moment like this, where you know, some would say uh, American democracy is working, uh, justice is being done, uh, even in that instance or in this instance, there are still things about the way he's being treated that aren't that don't make him like every other American. Now, it is a two-tiered system, absolutely. I, I interviewed uh, a former Department of Justice white color prosecutor about the Trump charges, and he said, you know, this is um, how the American justice system works. There is one standard for the rich and powerful and one for everyone else. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is a mockery of justice in many ways, and at the same time, it is notable that it's happening at all, right? Um, we we have seen a you know the most corrupt and felony-minded chief executive in modern history skate through his term in office without any serious consequences. So it's not enough, but it's a start. I, I would say. Yep. Um, I'm looking at my clock. I got about three minutes left here. While everybody's talking about the uh, the arrest and the arraignment as we are and have for the better part of this hour. In the three minutes I have left with you, uh, let me just get you to tee up two things right quick. Uh, Let me go to Wisconsin first. The Chicago's mayor's race we've discussed before, but tell me again in in less than three minutes, what's happening in this Wisconsin Wisconsin race and why everybody is suggesting it's terribly important for the country to pay attention? It is terribly important for the country to pay attention because, um, Two major things are being um, resolved as a result of this election. One is Wisconsin passed a uh, unbelievably regressive, um, basically resurrected an 1849 law against abortion in the state, um, and that law will come up for review under the state supreme court. The Democratic candidate in uh, this contest has said that she is a full supporter of reproductive choice, um, which um, that's an incredibly huge issue across the country, obviously, since the Dobbs decision, but particularly right now in Wisconsin. Um, The other um, important thing in this race is that Wisconsin was one of the earliest and most rigid uh, Republican gerrymandered states, so that we've seen in statewide elections that even though Democrats net a majority of the popular vote, they are structured in such a way, the districts are structured in such a way that they cannot hold a majority in the state legislature. So again, a Demo- the Democratic candidate in this race has indicated that she would look critically at um, that arrangement. And the Republican, obviously, since the Republicans benefit overwhelmingly from this gerrymandering, has profess that he is fine with the status quo. So those are, you know, basically the right to vote um, and have your vote mean something and the right to have bodily autonomy to control what becomes of your body are at stake in this race. And both sides, you know, both the Democratic and Republican sides in this race have spent an enormous amount of money. The figure I saw most recently, I think, has been $30 million Mm. just on this one Um, So it is a hugely important um, 
race. But and, we'll see what, what happens. And in, Chica- and in Chicago, um, uh, as uh, most of this audience knows, the four largest cities in this country are now held by African-American mayors. Sylvester Turner in Houston, Eric Adams in New York, where we're watching the Donald Trump uh, saga unfold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen Bass here in Los Angeles and Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. Um, she lost in the uh, primary. Uh, Paul Vallis, a white male, is running against Brandon Johnson, a black male. If Brandon can pull this off, um, then the four cities would still be held by African-American mayors. Uh, but it's a tight race in Chicago today between Vallis uh, and Brandon Johnson. Brandon endorsed by uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and a number of other progressives. Uh, but it's a tight race yep. in the city of Chicago, so we'll see what happens there as well uh, as it is Election Day in parts of this country. Chris, I wish I could hold on to you a little bit longer. I know you got other stuff to do for the Nation magazine, but I thank you for this yeah. hour and helping us to sort of navigate through this historic uh, arrest and arraignment uh, still ongoing uh, in the criminal courts building in Manhattan. We'll continue to follow it for the time being, but I thank you for coming on, and we'll talk soon, my friend. Thank you so much, Sabbath. It's my pleasure. My great honor to have you on. Uh, we will continue after news, traffic, and sports on this historic day on KBLA Talk 15.